0: bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome
1: to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world.
0: So let's get started. Hey, everybody. How are you?
1: Doing well, thanks for asking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we have got a legend in our midst, I would say, in the Dallas community for sure. She is a
1: legend. It's exciting today.
0: We are blessed to get to talk to Carol Golia today. She is, she's been busy on the professional and personal fronts for several years. She's a wife, a mom of three, she's a breast cancer survivor, and she also spearheaded the marketing communications for Communities Foundation of Texas. And if you're not a Texan or a North Texan, you may not know this, but There is the North Texas Giving Day, and it is a huge thing. In fact, it's so huge that it has raised two hundred and ninety million dollars since it launched, probably even more than that because I think they're raising like every second. Yeah,
1: and they're like barely; it's barely been going on for more than a decade. So that is staggering. Started at about four
0: million, and now they're over what fifty million year to year. So it has just really exploded. So that is part of Carol's story. She's going to share with that today. She is now at an amazing nonprofit that is really uniting a lot of the schools in the Dallas community called United to Learn. And so we're going to hear all about that, but I can't wait for you to meet Carol. So let's kick it to Carol. Carol, would you fill in a few dots of your story and kind of introduce yourself?
2: Yes. Yes. I'm Carol Pierce-Golia from Dallas, Texas, Um, and so excited to connect with you today. I am excited to connect with this community because I am one of you in the nonprofit sector. I actually started out in branding at Frito-Lay and PepsiCo. (laughs) fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so brought a lot of that good on how to communicate in, in mass to the nonprofit sector when I moved over to communities foundation.
0: We love that. You know, and we then call... now I'm
2: at United to Learn.
0: It's awesome. We call ourselves marketers disguised as fundraisers. So we totally get that. We love that you can transfer selling chips into making people <laughs> do really amazing things.
1: Frito lays too. Right? I love Fritos. They're such Some a good Frito chip. I know. Who doesn't love them both? You
2: could like sell that with conviction, you know, <laughs> yeah. because you yes. believe in the product. For you. No kidding. I there worked, you go. You're yeah, I'm not kidding. One of the projects I worked on there was all about the heart healthy oils that go into the chips. And believe it or not, there's actually an FDA um, study in clinical trial eating one ounce a day of Fritos, Cheetos, Doritos, or Tostitos that showed to lower your cholesterol. Um, oh no
0: my this, this might be I our one this? good thing of the day. <laughs> this go is have what I need in chips. my
1: life. Someone to convince me of the scientific efficacy of <laughs> <laughs> eating more chips. I love one this.
2: One ounce a day. You don't need to eat too much. Guys, if if you, one ounce a day.
0: If you had any questions of if Carol's a good marketer, there you go. I already am <laughs> <There went laughs> craving <laughs> chips and we are one minute into this call. <laughs> there we go.
1: So I think everybody who has ever been in fundraising and you're trying to figure out what is the secret sauce to Fundraising online and having a global movement—we're all very familiar with Giving Tuesday—and I want to know just about the genesis of North Texas Giving Day, how that came about, and how you were able to just launch what is now this cultural, culturally embraced uh, day that that your town town like of (laughs) several several million
0: and people
1: people just rally around this concept of giving to the cause that moves your heart it doesn't matter where it is as long as it's local I just think it's so fantastic give us a little historical background on this
2: right well I was actually not there at the very beginning. My colleague, Brent Christopher, um, got the idea from Oklahoma, actually. The first Giving Day was in Oklahoma, in Tulsa. And and so Tulsa, Colorado, and North Texas Giving Day here in dallas Fort Worth started all in 2009. And it was just an idea, actually it was first about the database and getting a nonprofit database um, together so that people could give wisely locally. Mm, and smart. really to get the nonprofits to enter themselves in the database, they needed an incentive to put themselves in the database. And so this idea of a match day came together. And so that first year it was a dollar for dollar match and I think they raised $600,000 and the match was gone in like 20 minutes. minutes yeah wow. That, wow. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and they started it at midnight that year. It started at midnight and then it moved to, um, I think it started at midnight, maybe the first two years and then, or no, the second year they started it at, um, 8 AM, I believe. And so, um, they changed the slogan to get up and give. So people would know that you got up in the morning (laughs) instead of staying up late at night. Yes. And then I came along, um, in the third year in 2011. And so those first two years, there were 400 nonprofits and then 500 nonprofits and it went from 4 million until 5 million raised. And then the year that I joined, we really, really ramped up the marketing and PR efforts. And so we, um, along with our colleagues, Spark Farm and, great internal team and lots of community partners really put together a toolkit where we really were building the movement. And so in that year we had over a thousand nonprofits and uh, raised wow. $10 million. And the next year it went to 14. Wow. And the next year it went to 25. Oh my goodness. Um, Are you just, and- can I
0: just ask you as a fundraiser, don't you just have that feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to literally top this next year. It's like this <laughs> yeah. kind of albatross, <laughs> like the yeah. success just kind of starts to catch up panic to you, you at some point. Yeah. <laughs> it does panic you. It yeah. does panic you. And in a we way, also but... had
2: a bonus pool. We raised this. And so after the first year, it everyone said, we do not want it, the money to be gone in 20 minutes. So if you could just spread it out between all of us, you know, raise your pool and then evenly split it out between all of us. And um, we also had a non-pro- nonprofit advisory council and we check in with them every year and say, you know, check us on all these things and you know we want this to serve you you know it was created for donors to give wisely um but it very much involves the nonprofits in how they can best be served you know and given mm-hmm. to so it's very much a collective effort um which i think is also part of the success and one of the things that i love is just the whole power to the people aspect of north texas giving day and really the whole giving day movement worldwide um, is that you really are putting the power in the hands of the people. Um, They can give where they want um, and then the nonprofits can use that for good in so many ways. And the the topping it um, is always a concern, but I will say that um, another question that people always ask is, aren't nonprofits competing against each other? And isn't this a, you know, does it devolve into some negative thing? like counterintuitive maybe. Right. And I have never, ever seen that. I mean, it has truly been the most joyful thing. We have kickoffs this year was different because of COVID. And so everything needed to be done digitally and virtually. Um, But before we got up to, I think, six different kickoffs all around the Metroplex, and they were just rallies for good, people helping each other, giving each other ideas, We even contemplated having, you know, little interest group areas, you know, education and animals and having category captains, which I, of course, would learn from my brand marketing days, but on ways that we can really help each other and collaborate in the most amazing partnerships. You held up that supplement that the Dallas Morning News does. Um, And so people come together and jointly fund those ads. They do all sorts of, that's it. um, They do all sorts of just really, really neat um, collaborations going together in for a prize. Um, It's just, it was such a life giving opportunity and nonprofits. Another thing that I just love so much is that when we would do our kickoffs each year, as you all know, being in the space, people that are called to nonprofit work, they are there for the mission and they are there to help kids or save animals or find a cure. And they don't fundraising is uncomfortable for so many people and you don't want to ask for money and you just feel awkward. And so this day really gave everyone permission to ask because it's like, well, everyone's doing this. So I just, I'm just going to mention that I'm involved (laughs) and, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. If you want to help out, you can. Um, and I remember one woman at a kickoff that we were doing in Fort Worth, she said, you know, that's how she felt, and she was there working alongside one of her volunteers, and she worked at a childcare center at the back of a church, and they were trying to expand or get their own space. They, they had more demand than they had space and she was working with a volunteer who was coming in and um, he actually worked at a construction firm, but I think he was tutoring or just helping in some way. And so she mentioned that North Texas Giving Day was happening and they were thinking about what they could do and she didn't know how to get a matching fund and she didn't know how to do this. Well, he ended up saying, we can help you um, from a construction perspective. I I can fund your matching gift. I can, you know, do all these things, which then let them double in space and double the number of kids that they could serve. All because she was having this casual conversation that she only got the courage to do because everyone else was doing it.
1: I love just awesome. how it sort of pushed her out on the gangplank. And, <laughs> I mean, th- she she sensed that there were sharks circling down at the bottom, but it wasn't. It was like this incredible opportunity to – I like the, the idea of giving permission because for some reason these days we all just need someone to give us permission to go into these spaces. And what a powerful example of how – he was probably looking for a way to come into her mission and be, you know, be a part of it, whether in a small way or a large way, and he was able to give his gifts. That's a great, great uh, story. And I, I think what what is so exciting to me is I'm sitting here picturing in my head, the visual of these six places that are going to launch on giving day and it, it seems like, you know, when you're about to have a gala or something in fundraising and you're in the the momentum and the, uh, The intensity are starting to build and you're in your gown and not John, but in your (laughs) gown and you're feeling and it's like that moment with Rocky, where like the eye of the (laughs) tiger, you're pumping yourselves up. And I just think this is such a cool way to engage people in philanthropy that's safe. It's meeting them in the spaces where they are. It's very hands off, you can let them come in. And I, I just think it's so fantastic because really at the end of the day, you have so much work to do at the end of that day. Cause you have all these new donors. They have come in from all over the place. There's a level of stewardship. Um, it's just a great, I mean, talk about the cultural shift that's happened in Dallas, you know, in the Dallas area, since this day has taken off.
2: It's really, really, really been amazing. And it just it rallies people to come together like nothing else. It's it's really just been amazing. Another thing that um, was such a favorite story from Giving Day, we had a, you know, of course, when we were spurring all of these people to ask at this time, you also then think, oh no, you know, people complain of their email boxes filling up or, you know, those kind of things. And, um, and so one of the media partners that we were working with, she was c- covering some of our blogs and, um, she said, I don't know, I'm getting some pushback that maybe I'm running too many. And, um, and so we said, of course we, you know, we'll work with you. You know, we want this to be great for everyone. Um, and that year, a, one of our community legends passed away. Um, her name was Abby holiday. She was a realtor. She was, I believe 103 when she passed away
1: Aww.
2: and she was just really, um, an amazing community pillar and have done so much for our community and so much for women entrepreneurs and really, really some neat things. And she passed away and her funeral was actually on North Texas giving day. And every year we've also had tornadoes. We've had, um, hurricanes I and mean, we've, we've had a lot of things <laughs> oh my um on north texas giving day but nothing nothing seems to slow it down um the force of good is too too strong um and and so we were feeling a little subconscious. and um our ceo at the time went to the funeral and to of course pay his respects and we could not believe this but her the woman that was taking the reins after her who had been you know president of the organization, got up at, and in her eulogy, she stood up and she said, it is perfectly fitting that today we are gathering to celebrate the life of Ebby Holiday, because today is North Texas Giving Day, and it is a day about giving back, and I would want everyone that is here today to give back to someone that is close to their heart in honor of Ebby.
1: Hey friends, we hope you're enjoying this conversation. Want to dive deeper? Head over to weareforgood.com backslash hello to join our mailing list, the good community, and start embracing innovation and goodness. You'll be connected to all the resources, tips, tools, and show notes shared here. It's a treasure trove of freebies and maybe even some complimentary swag. Now let's get back to this awesome feel-good conversation. And how appropriate. That does oh. not feel schmarmy in any way. You know, it's that is the spirit of which this woman has kind of you know, led her life. And I, i what a testament to that and, and the awareness level to, to get that mm-hmm. out into that circle um, is really powerful. That's a great story.
2: It was so amazing. It still gives me chills. And everyone then just said, you know, that just flipped the switch for, you know, this is the day we get all these emails. Like, this is just yeah. what <laughs> we do. And it makes us feel good, you know, that there's so many places to support and so many good things to do. And It reminds us before year end and after the summer doldrums, and it really just becomes a movement for, and a, and a talking, you know, a conversation starter of who are you giving to this year?
0: Now, Carol, this, um, PS, I love that story. That was, I had the chills right along with you. Um, this is a story of a giving day that you kind of looked at the calendar and picked a day, right? This is Mm -hmm. not just... Going on the giving Tuesday, which is great. And it has its own ups and downs, but could you help, you know, a nonprofit that doesn't, isn't connected to that? What's the benefit of circling a date on the calendar and just putting your emphasis on that? Could you kind of give some practical guidance to someone that wants to get started at their own charity?
2: Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, Giving Tuesday is also, and that is a nationally international now day. And that started after we had already started Giving Day. So people were pretty set with, you know, we asked (laughs) the nonprofit, should we move to that day? And they, they loved it staying where it was. And so it could be incremental to year in giving. But, um, there are communities all around the country that do them on different days. So there's some in May and there's some, you know, at other times. Um, and then there's also giving Tuesday. And then this year we did giving Tuesday in May for COVID, um, Mm. which ended up being another great success. The, the sense of urgency, no matter when you set it, I know a lot of universities are setting them up just Mm -hmm. on particular day. I went to UT for God's school in university of Texas. And, um, They do 40 hours for the 40 acres and my undergrad, I went to Washington and Lee. They also do a giving day. I think many, many schools are doing it now. And sometimes they pick a founding date or, you know, a date that, or it may or may not be significant to them. They just pick a date that's good in their fundraising cycle. Um, The sense of urgency is powerful no matter when you do it. And so having, having some type of incentive funds or prizes, I've seen a lot of, um, Groups do things that, you know, have friendly competition among the branches of a YMCA, or amongst the schools of a college or amongst, you know, the dogs versus the cats or, you know, <laughs> the, um, you know, anything that you can do like that, that I do think just adds to the just to the interest. Um, the sense of urgency is huge. And I really, there's something about being a part of something bigger than yourself, I think yes. that shows that that you get it i mean there's no one cause that this is it you know we we all are interactive you know we if children aren't fed they can't learn if you know everything interacts if a family is not economically stable you know they can't provide for the family if they if someone is in a health situation they can't you know you health is the bottom of maslow's hierarchy of needs you can't do something past that so i think it just It shows that we're all connected and I truly believe that we are better together and that what you get by being together with others is more, you know, you can go fast alone, but you can go farther together.
1: I think that's what I like so much about these sort of strategies for online giving because, you know, to to put it into context, our alma mater does this one day in the spring and it just adds so many layers of connectivity to it. And I, 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 what you just said is exactly demonstrative of what they do. You know, this college will be pitted against this college. And the way that they interface with their donors – to me, is so fascinating because they'll say, you know, the College of Education, they're going to go to their donors and say, okay, we're t- going to try to find $50,000 of donor money to match, you know, the first 50000 for scholarships. And then somebody over on the vet med side may say, hey, we're really trying to buy this piece of equipment, and so let's get a donor that can put in 10000 and, and And there's just so many wonderful ways to log in and see the university's giving day where it's like, oh no, the school of art, you know, is falling behind. i literally made a donation when you're in honor of John, um, because you. the, you're welcome. It was my joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. It, because it was like, I could see that the school of art was like falling behind. It's like, I don't, I don't have a connection other to the school of Art, other than, you know, it gave me John as my intern almost 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was great to be able to see that level of c- competition come through and you can just interface with people immediately in in um, message boards or, I mean, I'm texting my girlfriend and saying, oh, journalism broadcasting's falling behind. We need to get in there. And it's just, there's such a, for someone like me, I'm very competitive. So it, it plays into that. But I also want to give, in a way that means something to me, and so I just really applaud um, the the spirit of creativity that you had in creating this day. And I think one of the questions I have is, how does a nonprofit cut through the noise? Uh, I mean, because there you, you did say that they're kind of competing against each other, but how do you get your message out there? John was holding up um, the insert that's in the Dallas Morning News um, that came out that Julie was good enough to drive up from Dallas for us this weekend, which is the Giving Day insert, and it's like. 40 pages, and it's full wow. of nonprofits sharing why their mission is important and t- giving kind of just those top brass points. And I just think, how do you stand out when you're one of thousands of nonprofits?
2: Yeah, and there's over. I think over 3,300 this year are wow, participating in Giving great. Day. We're actually in North Texas Giving Day season right now. The site is live at NorthTexasGivingDay.org. So if your listeners are on, they can listen to that or look at it. Um, you know that is always a challenge. I-, I think really though, it's it's about getting to the core of what you stand for and what you what you're solving for someone. And um, every cause is not going to appeal to every person. But I think when you're true to the the cause that you are doing, um, that will resonate with who it's supposed to resonate with. Um, and so if you can tell those compelling stories, I think a lot of it is about storytelling. It's about testimonials. It is about showing how you put their dollars to work um, and what kind of difference that's making. I know us at United to Learn, we are... Um, You know, we do a lot of stories about or, you know, stories about individuals um, and how they have their lives have been improved and as well as just the results, you know. So when we have been working before I was here, clearly, but for the past five years, the students that have been a part of our programs, their literacy achievement in our schools is up 13 percent, which is over the county and the district and the state. So that is a really powerful stat. And, you know, that appeals to the head you know, something, another message might appeal to the heart. Um, we have a lot of those heart stories. Um, we were, our schools were hit by the tornado last year in October. Mm. So there were many, many families that, um, you know, no longer have their uniforms. Our, our Dallas ISD schools used uniforms, you know, that their families were working really hard to, to make everything come together. One working mom had just saved up her salary from her, four different jobs and saved up to buy bunk beds for her boys and that had been wiped out um and you know the community swept in and said we've got to get those bunk beds back for those boys we've got to get the you know and the SEL strategies that it takes to cope with those things um you know and telling the stories about how the counselor was ready when the family walked in without their shoes on still in their pajamas Mm -hmm. you know and how she could work with that family and then get them back on track so that they'd be ready to learn so i think those are the ways that getting back to how you stand out i think it's the storytelling um that connects to the heart and then having some results that connect to the head um so that they can you know feel what you feel about your cause and then be inspired to join hands with you
0: i love that it's so much of the threads that we see in so many conversations that it's storytelling helps set you apart. And there's this abundance mindset that there's enough to, for here, you know, for everybody that you just need to find your people, you know, each nonprofit needs to find their tribe that wants to support Um, this cause that's going to resonate with them. So I love that. So will you tell us about your own personal professional pivot? I know you really rallied the community to raise all these funds through Giving Day, and now you're rallying the Dallas independent school districts through this piece, which Dallas, if you haven't been to Dallas, it's huge. Like it is sprawlingly huge. Um, So please share about United to Learn and kind of what what you're doing now.
2: Yes. So United to Learn is a collaborative nonprofit that changes lives by transforming the relationships between schools and community and right now we partner with 47 dallas isd elementary schools and then we bring in partners to support them so we have expert staff that work along four pillars social emotional learning literacy in a campus environment and then community activation is where we really rally the community around so Um, like you said before, I was recruiting the community to give, and now it's about recruiting the community to give back to our schools specifically or volunteer in them. So we are really volunteer-led with liaisons at every school, and we bring in companies and faith-based organizations to um, just to support our schools. So one of our really successful partnerships this year, and that has been building over many years is um, a church actually that was partnering to bring in tutors to the school and do a few campus improvement projects. And now they are just really embracing on all sides. They are... they are going to have teams for every single thing that they do for the school. So every single one of their Sunday school classes are going to take a teacher's classroom and they are going to, you know, do those bulletin boards and cut up the things and, you know, be reading buddies in that class. They are going to have uh, members of the church that are going to be providing tutoring. They are going to do a garden team. They have a courtyard team. They have a, um, one team that's just focused on um, raising money to support professional development for the teachers. There's gonna be another one that does the parent night. Um, And being from a place of privilege, I grew up in a a place of great privilege that had a very active PTA and very involved parents. But the schools that we support, 90% of them qualify for reduced free and reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. So that means 90 over 90% are in poverty, which means that their parents are working many jobs and don't have the time available to come in and do the bulletin boards with the teachers or, you know, do the things that traditionally you think of the PTA doing. So we, um, we rally the neighbors and everyone around to do those and then we support the PTAs that are there they just don't have you know in one school that is very well resourced they might have you know 600 parents in the PTA and these may have six parents in the PTA so you know we we work alongside them to see what ways that we could either just fundraise for them to get them the supports that they need or be the arms and legs to help and then we also bring high schools in to tutor with the schools
1: I love this mission. I mean, I uh, you talk about your privilege, and it's like I see that at my kids' school right now, where you know eighty percent of the entire school's families are bought into the PTO or the PTA, and and they're providing hundreds of hours a week in teacher support for. And and I think about it even from a teacher perspective of. When you're having to make your own copies and God bless them, the people that make these bulletin boards, I mean, people are going to think I'm being facetious, but I loved those boards when I was <laughs> growing up in school. When you had a, you know, a calendar for April and there were little umbrellas. Little that drops—that you're <laughs> that was the <laughs> yeah. day of the week. I do not have that gift, but that really did enhance my, you know, ability to love learning and being in this sort of this warm environment. So that's really fantastic and I just I'm, I'm sitting here thinking Carol must have a million great stories of how she has seen the moment where philanthropy you know can come into a place and really transform I wonder if there's a story whether it's with United to Learn or North Texas Giving Day or anywhere where you have seen philanthropy come in i mean i love the story about the bunk beds i mean i i feel that and and before you said the community came forward i thought john and i have got to john's built built bunk beds john can you uh, build (laughs) some bunk beds for this mother but is there a story in your career that sticks out to you where you've just seen the power of philanthropy come into these spaces and transform
2: you know there's so so many i mean one of my favorites from north texas giving day actually is the austin um Arlington's Life Shelter. They are a group that um, supports the homeless. And um, one of the gentlemen who was in the shelter uh, had heard about Giving Day while he was there, actually. And then a few years later, he was able to give. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I love those stories, those you know, where are you great. are well, paying so it forward. Well, um,
1: and it's also just about you, you could be a participant. I, and i And I don't want to lose you know the fact that this happens to us in our life that you could be a participant, you could be a donor, and then one year a tornado comes and rips out your home you know, and all of a sudden you had never dreamed that you would be needing these services in an emergency. And I think that was another example. And that's why philanthropy is so important. Why nonprofits are so needed? Because we have no idea when we're the ones who are going to need to take advantage of these services.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another story is our founder, actually, Abby Williams. I mean, she created United to Learn and really solely funded it for the first um, six years. And um, way to go, Abby. She yeah, way to go, Abby. She's incredible. Um, And she really was volunteering. Um, She had done all sorts of things in different education sectors on boards of Teach for America and um, and had funded scholarships for students and had done some really, really amazing things. And but she really, really has a heart for elementary school. And so she really created this organization that now you know rallies volunteers and get, equips us with the different schools. And um, you know it's interesting how much professional development can do for teachers. Mm-hmm. That is something that's behind the scenes, and that's something that I also like holding up. Is that you know it's, it's like providing the bunk beds is just immediate and amazing, and for that one family. But we've also seen some really incredible things when we talk with a um, we work with the executive directors, and they, for instance, saw a need for, of course, culturally responsive teaching and how we can better connect with all of our ethnic diversity and ha- have everyone feel seen in their curriculum. Excellent. And so we need a, someone to come in, and the best way to get that done is to, teach the teachers you know on how to do that and our district is funding a little bit of that but there's 150,000 students and so we are able to fund a deep dive with some teachers from 13 schools you know to do a book study on that how to really do culturally responsive teaching you know go deeper so that then they can get it to that many more students
0: Well, Carol, it's just awesome to hear all of the missions that you've gotten to be a part of. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to see how you obviously have to stay inspired all the time, getting to be around all these wonderful people and philanthropists. I wonder if you could share a question we ask everybody is what's your one good thing. So it's, you know, either a mindset, a tool, a tip that you could implement today, um, to just kind of make life better.
2: Well, my mantra is dwell in possibility. And I I just think that, um, you know, if you think, if you dwell in possibility, you know, there, there's something that can be done. I love also that saying that, um, the word impossible says I'm possible. <laughs> yes. that too. Some punctuation. <laughs> you know, so it, I think that helps with resilience and, um, and thinking, okay, this particular thing isn't working right now, but what, what is working right now? And, or, you know, I got to know this time, but what is the kernel of, I know you all work so much on fundraising, you know, but what is the kernel that I learned from this that I can take to the next ask? Or what did I, what relationship did I build here that um, they could help me with another connection or that I could better connect with them next time, or, you know, just dwell in possibility. And, you know, the other thing that my grandmother said was inch by inch, life's a cinch. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Eat the elephant
1: one bite at a time. And I also like the dwell in possibility is almost like a permission to be creative and to think outside the box. And I just, you know, would sit here and think about if, if someone had not had this dream of having a one day that could be concentrated in philanthropy for your community how much would be lost here the connections that would have been missed and you've given your city you know a day to completely focus on how we can help other people and to me that is such a you you were dwelling in an immense possibility and it all it just kind of challenges our community and How can we give everyone a day to just sit in and and how we can be helpful to each other, how we can lift each other up? And if it's not my mission, maybe it's your mission. And the good that can come from that is just so wonderful. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Carol, how could somebody connect with you or connect with North Texas Giving Day or even United to Learn? Are you on social media, websites, those kinds of things?
2: Yes. Yeah. United to Learn is just unitedtolearn.org. And that is our handle on all social media. We would love to connect there. North Texas Giving Day is northtexasgivingday.org. You can go online right now and find a great nonprofit to support, even United to Learn. Um, and yes, that is how. And I'm happy to connect with anyone. My email is cgolia at United to org. We'll and I have a show notes. <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: because yeah, you will not so be able to spell those. that Italian nope. name. <laughs> My one regret on this call is that I couldn't have seen John live trying to figure out how to pronounce that name and then dying <laughs> and withering a little bit because I would not have gotten that last name either. G-O-G-L-I-A, correct? Okay. That's correct. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for coming into our community and just bringing some love and light today. I think we our listeners probably got a lot out of this.
0: We appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope Carol's story helped reimagine how giving days can ignite new energy for giving and service to your missions and community. Want to access all the freebies and notes heard on today's show? Head over to weareforgood.com backslash hello to join the good community. It's our mailing list and where we connect you every week with the resources and goodness shared from our incredible guests. If you loved what you heard today, would you consider leaving us a podcast rating and review? It really does help more people find us and join our good community. Thanks, friends. Our production hero is the poster child of getting crap done, Julie Confer. Hi. Our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom.